welcome to Basketball with Glasses. I'm your host, Bryson Harvey, and with me, as always, Luke Smith. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing great, Bryson. How are you? Yes, you're doing great, just like all the back channels from Calipari to <laughs> Texas. <laughs> hey, you know, he, he, well, we'll get to that later. We will. We will. There's a lot to be said, and, you know, for those of you who have listened to this podcast, you knew we were going to talk about it, and Absolutely. we will. Um, but just let's just say there's some leaky black channels, leaky black, leaky back channels, not leaky black channels. Sorry, leaky <laughs> black is a North Carolina player. <laughs> right, right. Uh, different, different. Um, but uh, well, we are in the midst of conference season and conference play tends to um, create and build different different things happening um, in terms of the narrative for the season. Uh, and mm-hmm. one of the narratives that has really popped up early on is this idea, and it's not the first time that this has happened, but uh, could the entire Big 12 make the NCAA tournament? It was a lead question for Seth Davis's article today. Um, was it really? I, yeah, I, it was. And I think that it is a very interesting uh, proposition um, because of how strong the league is. Uh, and just as context, and then we can start going through some of these teams, uh, the top conferences by net rating ranking, the average net ranking for the big 12 this year is 26.8 in context. The next best year was last year's big 12 and that was 37th. So they are almost 10, 10 spots higher. They're 10 spots higher in average net rate ranking, um, than they have ever been. Um, and basically the average team is a top 25 team in the league. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like the, the granddaddy, uh, conference, like the, the conference that we compare all other great conferences to in the recent history has really the big East in 2009, that, that league, I think they have the record for the most, uh, teams sent to the tournament. Correct. I believe you're correct. Unless the Big Ten beat them out, which that was that would have been, just been a joke if that had happened. They got ten, if I'm counting this right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, they had three yeah. one seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two Final Four teams, Unreal. and um, they were just a beast of a conference. And none of their seeds were lower than a six seed. So wow. that's how good that <laughs> conference was. But that conference was also sixteen teams. Yes. So. It, there was, it was impossible that that entire conference was going to make the tournament. The Big 12 is 10 teams. And right. they are all, what, and can, like, sub, um, they're, they're better than 40, right? Like, none of them are below, what, 35 or something? Um, That is a great question. I believe, and as I'm looking here real quick, I think the lowest is Texas Tech, and they are 41. 41. Okay, so basically they're all top 40. Yes. The entire league is top 40. Um, the four middle teams are ranked Kansas State's 26, Baylor's 27, Oklahoma State's 28, Iowa State is 29, Oklahoma's unless, 31. <laughs> unless someone starts getting blown out, this isn't going to change. Like, like one of these teams could theoretically lose every single conference game by like less than 10 points and still finish somewhere within like the top 40 of Ken Palm. Uh, I remember a few years ago, there was a Purdue team that was like 500 and they were like mm-hmm. 15th in Ken Palm because they just kept losing close games. So, I mean, there will probably be conversations as long as nobody does go winless or there's like, how yeah. many games do they play in conference? 20? 18. 18. It's, it's, so, it's nine round robin. Okay. So as long as nobody finishes like, four and 14. Yeah. I honestly think if a team got to six wins in league, they would be serious, a serious bubble contender. Yes. I think that that goes without saying. And currently in Ken Palm, the, the worst team would be Texas tech. uh, And they would be looking at, they're currently projected to finish the conference six and 12, which Mm -hmm. would be a total of 16 and 17. So they wouldn't make it with a losing record. I, I, 
I don't think. But if they finish 17 and 16, would they? <laughs> uh, they might have the profile. They might. Um, and it just kind of kind of depend. Um, but, I mean, the the biggest the biggest issue right now. So there are three teams in the conference that are currently 3-0. Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State. They all, they collectively are, um, they, they have four losses between them. Um, so they're really, really tight. But Kansas State, so they started 3-0, but they're still only projected to finish 10-8 and right. in the conference. Um, the second best record is Kansas obviously has the best projected record. And according to Ken Baum, the next best record is actually Texas, who is two and one. Um, mm-hmm. but they're 13 and two right now, which would mean that they would finish with 24 and nine, um, in conference. I think where your bubble is going to really get tested is you're, you're probably looking at a handful of teams that are going to go 18 and 15 or 17 mm-hmm. and 16 there in that middle. And then the very back end, which now, you know, this was not the case earlier, but Baylor is now the second lowest and the lowest projected, obviously, being Texas Tech. So Texas Tech's going to need to figure out some stuff. So I think for this exercise, we need to look at Baylor and Texas Tech and see sort of, you know, what we think about those teams. Okay, well, if this if this happens exactly the way Ken Palm has it here and Baylor finishes 17 and 14, with a seven and eleven conference record, they're gonna get in the tournament. They beat UCLA and they beat Gonzaga and they beat Washington State. Those are more or less tournament teams. They're they're not being left out of the tournament if they win, if they go seven and eleven. There's no way. Right. So I think that that is the case. I think Baylor has the easier path to to being bad and making it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I would worry about perhaps is Oklahoma State. Because they didn't have a great out of conference, they didn't. Um, their biggest games were against UCF, where they UCF, which is uh, they lost to Central Florida on a neutral floor. Mm-hmm. They lost by ten points at UConn. They lost to Virginia Tech, so they really didn't get any wins. Which is actually similar. I mean, their best one on the season right now so far is West Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. which just decided that they were going to give the game away by uh, making gestures at, at Marcus Smart. Um, but sure. which which I just have to say, and, and it was posted on Twitter, but just for the record, Eric Stevenson on fire, brings West Virginia back to take the lead, makes a uh, inappropriate gesture towards Marcus Smart. The next night, Marcus Smart gets really angry at the during the Thunder game, and Joe Mazzola has to hold him back. So I'm just saying... It, life is a, a full circle. <laughs> um, I wonder who I wonder who got mad after that in some other context. It's like passing on. It's like the video from the ring, you know. As soon as you, yes. <laughs> you do it, you pass it on, and then they pass it on to the next person. Yeah, I think it works something like that. So I, I, I don't know who's next, but I'm sure that there is a next. Um, so yeah. Texas Tech, um, their schedule, they had two tough games, but they lost both of them, and that's the problem. Their mm-hmm. best win to this point is Louisiana Tech. Yeah, that's not so. Good cut it. That makes it tough. Now, again, they have a schedule beat, that. Go they ahead. Beat Georgetown and Louisville. They did. <laughs> they did some Power Six teams. Oh, so bad. So bad. But I mean, they're projected right now to beat Baylor at home, West Virginia at home. Uh, though looks like they're supposed to beat LSU at LSU. They're supposed to beat Iowa State. Um, they're supposed to be Kansas State at home. I mean, if they can just win their home games like they're projected to, they have a shot because that would give mm-hmm. them enough um, quality wins. Then they just need to steal one. You know, if they steal one from West Virginia at Morgantown, if they're able to get one in Fog Fieldhouse when Kansas was basically playing for nothing towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, you know, something along those lines. Um, but like even right now, they're projected to lose to Texas at home, but they're only projected to lose by two points. So, right. I, I mean, they lost to Kansas by three at home. So it's not like they are that far away from being a decent team. Um, right. And their well, defense is pretty good. It's just it clearly comes down to for them, their turnovers. They have, you know, a bottom 33 percent uh turnover rate and that's just not going to get it done 
Well, if a team in the Big 12 finishes 6-12 and 12, like Texas Tech is projected to do, that's six quad one wins, right? I mean, you're not yes. going to not get a quad one win in the Big 12. And that, <laughs> Every that game quad is, one. Yeah, and that, and that alone is more than a lot of programs, <clears throat> Kentucky, <clears throat> could <laughs> well possibly have, it seems like anyway, at this point at the end of the season. And, you know, it's such a subjective thing um, when, the ter- when the committee puts teams in the field. I, I could see seeing, you know, 14 losses. Maybe just even though they say they don't look at that at that stuff, I could see them being like, oh, well, we can't put every single big – we can't put the last place Big 12 team in the, in the field. Um, right. But if they did, <laughs> I mean, that's like a solar eclipse, right? I mean, like that's the only time that's ever going to happen. Right. There's no other – this will go down as the – strongest conference of all time right especially the last year go ahead yeah and if they won the title if one of these teams won the title i mean they would they'd have the crown forever i mean there's that's never going to happen again (laughs) it's never going to happen again there's never going to be a a team this good with this few teams again right no this conference um is about to expand now they're going to add some good like better teams i mean you're adding houston and cincinnati um, I guess Cincinnati would probably be the lowest rank. Maybe BYU or UCF. I, I, but they're all... Is BYU uh, joining the Big 12? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, this is going to be a massive conference still, but they're just there's no way they're going to get all of them again. This is their last chance right. to get every team in. Right. Um, the team that I'm actually the most worried about is my team, um, mm. which uh, West Virginia. I just have to point this out. In... Their overall play currently, and this includes conference, their offensive rating is at 111.7. In conference only offense, they are at 91.1, which means that's a difference of 20 points per 100 possessions. They have been awful. Their effective field goal percentage during um, conference play is 41%. I mean, that's hard to do. I mean that's really <laughs> hard to do. Um, well, they, they have missed so many layups. Three games. What's and that? They still barely. They still barely lost two of the three games. They did. They did. Um, in fact, they should have won at least one of the road games, for sure. Um, I mean, we are talking. This would be bottom of the SEC kind of conference offense. Uh, you're. I mean, you're in the Mississippi South Carolina um, sort of realm. Sad. Uh, it it's about eleven percentage points lower than um, Vanderbilt. Um, oh, without Scotty Pippen Jr. By the way, <laughs> right? Um, these teams are terrible, and and even like looking at their offensive rate, their offensive rate would currently in conference only play would rank worse than Maryland in the Big Ten, which is the lowest in the Big Ten. They're currently at ninety-one point seven uh, effect or offensive efficiency rating, um, and they're fourteenth, and and West Virginia is worse. So I, wow. I'm hoping. <laughs> just I just wanted to paint how bleak it is. Yes, it's been very bleak. Um, the only bright spot on their offense has been their free throw rate, uh, which they're they're basically getting to the line one every two possessions but they're shooting 58.5% from the free throw line in conference play, the worst by a lot, by seven percentage points. Um, so so basically, I, they're just getting knocked down yes, a lot. A lot. They're not benefiting and, in any way. <laughs> no, they can't. I mean, you can foul them all you want because they're not making anything. And here's the yeah. other issue for them. Their best conference or non-conference win, you could maybe say at Pitt, um, you could maybe say f- against Florida on a neutral floor, maybe against UAB, but there's really not a great signature win. So kind yeah, of like Texas fl- Tech, yeah. they've got to win some games in in the Big Big 12. I don't know, man. Pitt might win the ACC. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because they beat Pitt at Pitt by 25 points. Yeah. 
It's just unreal. Yeah. I mean, this team has just totally flipped. They they lack confidence. They play scared. Again, this is my time to rant because I know that you're going to have your time here in a little bit. But let me just time. say, West Virginia has been absolutely awful. Um, Huggins is is embarrassed, um, and you can just hear it in his voice whenever he talks about this team. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, Wednesday's going to be a big test. Um, they they got Baylor coming in. Uh, Baylor, they got to I mean, win that one. They well, right. So he, here's the deal. Baylor and West Virginia are both 0-3 heading into this game. So someone on Thursday morning is going to wake up 0-4 between Baylor and West Virginia. Un- unreal. Did not see that coming, but that's how tough this league is. There are no easy wins, um, and they've got to win it. By the way, I picked Baylor to make the Final Four in the preseason. Just, <laughs> just show everybody that I don't back away from my mistakes. Um. Before we move on from the Big 12, I just want to point out, I know that like Kansas State is, everybody loves Kansas State right now. And it's a great story. Jerome Tang, he comes in, they're 14 and one. They go from unranked to 11th in the, in the recent poll. I just want to point out, they're three and oh in the Big 12. And two of those wins came in overtime. Um, one was like an NBA game against Texas where they just shot out of their mind. And that I'm not saying that that is like a negative in any way. I'm just saying that if you win all your games, like half of your games or 66% of your games in OT, eventually that's going to catch it. Like it's going to revert to the mean and that's going to balance out, which is obvious. I mean, the big, we just talked about how great the big 12 is, but just don't expect Kansas state to go like six and zero or seven and zero in conference. I don't think they're probably due a loss. Yeah. Um, I think so soon. Two I think anybody. they are they literally could come against anybody. Uh, and they didn't impress me in watching their game against West Virginia. They really didn't impress me. I, I think that they're overrated at this point. Um, you know, Ken Palm would say they're closer to 26 and that seems right. I mean, they're in the mm-hmm. low 20 or mid twenties. Um, in, in terms of ranking, I, I just don't see it. Keontae, um, uh, uh, who I'm trying to remember who was the guy from Florida that Keontae is there? Johnson. Keontae Johnson. Name? Okay. Um, he's been really good, but they, they really struggle with depth. Um, they don't really have a ton of guys. I mean, Keontae and, uh, Marquise, uh, Noel, um, mm-hmm. both play 80 plus percent of their minutes. So, that's just kind of where they're at. Yeah. And there's no shame in finishing like fifth or sixth in the Big 12 after you pick by every single person in the, in, like in any civilized, you know, nation to be last place, which they were. Yeah. Kansas State was picked last by every single living, breathing human being who made a pick. So, yeah. uh, except maybe Kansas State fans. <laughs> so, I mean, right. no shame there. Just, uh, it's a gauntlet. It's, it's a, terrible horrible gauntlet the big 12 conferences blood it is it is and here here's the kicker i i've i spent um a lot of time crapping on west virginia they are the third highest ranked team in ken palm in the big 12 and they're that terrible so um they they haven't really lost by much either like they're no i mean close except kansas but except for kansas How much does Bill Self pay to win the Big 12 every single year? How, how, what do you think the rate is? It's all that Adidas money, man. It's all that Adidas it, money. You think he had to pay more by how tough the conference is? You think he had to pay a little bit more? Because they could know. be one and two. Like they two of their game, two of Kansas's games were like one on fluke, no calls. <laughs> or maybe not one on them, but they came at very critical moments. Oh, yeah. So, no, f- no doubt. I mean, they. Yeah, it's it's it is kind of unreal to see sort of where they they land and and how you know up and down. Honestly, with West Virginia, they just kind of punched them in the mouth. They came out and yeah. shot well, like flamethrowers. But I watched that Texas Tech game, the end of it, and uh, Texas Tech made a run. Their building was rocking. They were ready to win that game, and then uh, their I forgot the guy's name. What's the guy's name? He he gets hit. He gets like hooked and basically thrown um but he didn't have the ball what was that guy's name uh bacho 
Batchel. Yeah. He gets thrown to the ground and hurt, and then Kansas goes to the other end and scores and winds up winning. And even the announcer, you know it's bad when even the <laughs> announcer is like, oh, yeah, that definitely should have been a foul. And that was two games in a row because the same thing happened against Oklahoma State. Right. So it's just crazy. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, I don't – they play Oklahoma tomorrow at home in the fog. They play Iowa State at home on Saturday. I just don't see either one of those teams winning. Maybe mm-hmm. Kansas State at Kansas State. I mean, that'll be a tough one potentially. Um but, you know, if they end up sweeping and running the table in, in sort of the way that they are kind of projected, um, that could be a problem. That could be a problem for the Big 12 getting everyone in. They're going to need some parity. Here is here is the, the last stat I'll leave you with. Um, zero of the 15 games so far have been a blowout by, you know, a team winning by more than 20 points. Of the of the games, of the 15 games, nine of them have been within four points or taken to overtime. Mm-hmm. 60% of the games are close. So, you know, yeah. very, for the most part, evenly matched. And I think of the games, um, you know, Kansas beating West Virginia was one. I'm trying to think of what the other few games were that were kind of more blowouty, but or like middle tier blowout. I mean, six points, eight points. I mean, that's what you're talking about. So, well, I mean, unless somebody gets injured, or somebody falls off a cliff or something bad happens, you know, as far as performance goes, that's going to be a common theme. I mean, they're all so close together Um, because you don't expect a blowout, even between like the number one per possession team in Kimpom and like the 35th. What what would that normally be like a five point favorite at home or something? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not much. You're not going to see many blowouts in the in the Big 12 this year. Unlikely. Unlikely. Well, you know, we tend to, as we, you know, again, as I said earlier, you you know, conference time is where you kind of see um, how these teams are growing, what direction they're moving in, you know, ups and downs. But ultimately, when it all comes back to it, we we get back to our week six AP poll. And that is that that is the truth. Um, And it comes before all this noise of of conference season. So as a reminder of that poll. The top 12 teams that are eligible to win a championship this year, <laughs> Purdue, Virginia, Connecticut, mm-hmm. Alabama, Houston, Tennessee, Texas, yep. Kansas, Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor, and Duke. So those That's were the right. 12 teams. Now, granted, we know only one of those teams is going to win, but we do know that it's going to be one of those 12 teams. So, absolutely, Luke, I will ask you, we'll do a two and a one. Get rid of two teams out of this that after you've seen the start of conference play that you really don't feel like they're going to have a chance to recover and one team that you think is the strongest candidate to win the championship. Oh, that second part's hard. The first part's easy. How about (laughs) teams 11 and 12, Baylor and Duke? They're not winning the title. Uh, Yeah, no, it does not, does not appear to be that way for them. I guess I would with like Baylor, they're, you know, I could see a scenario where they might just like turn it on and and just flip everything. I guess that would be more accurate. I don't. There's no way Duke. I don't see Duke that just happening. Can't shoot Duke. Just yeah, it won't. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> between the two teams, if you had to put money on one of these two teams to win the championship, you definitely wouldn't put it on Duke. No, they they no, can't they've shoot. They've been bad. They've, they've been, been bad. bad. They've been really bad. They got. I sent Bryson a screenshot of the UNC or uh, North Carolina State Duke game. At one point, it was twenty-two to four, <laughs> and it was like twelve minutes into the game. Uh, yeah. They're really bad. They are really bad. Um, um, I would agree with your picks on this so far. So I would I would agree on on dropping Baylor and Duke. But the the hard part, the hard question: Who are you picking as that team that? Maybe, let me rephrase it. Week six, we're looking at an undefeated Purdue, UConn, and a one-loss Houston. Virginia was 8-0, but we kind of knew that was a mirage. But they were good, but maybe not top number two. Um, Alabama was top four. So, you know, that's sort of where everything stood in terms of a top five, most likely. And that's who the voters picked. Anybody outside of that top five that you think might jump up 
as your most likely candidate to win outside of that group. Outside of the top five here? Yeah, from week six. Um, let me do this. Let me just look at these teams, and I will tell you why I think each of them will not <laughs> win, the, <laughs> win the championship. It's much easier to make that argument right now. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick one, though. I will pick one that I think, or one or two that I think are better or maybe the best bets but yeah let me give you my concerns why this is hard because last year i would have said kansas okay um or uk well did you uk did they make the i think they were in the top 12 by then i would have said one of those two teams and i did wind up picking kansas to win the title and they did Mm -hmm. um but this year it's a lot harder and the reason is because all of these top teams have some type of flaw and would have to overcome the flaw that historically has not been a feature of a national championship team, if that makes any sense. So I can uh, point a couple of those. First of all, Purdue, they would be my pick if they could shoot threes. And they're they're on the right track. So they got down to like 30% from three, 31% from three for a couple games. But they've kind of lit it up the past two games. So they're all the way up. They're almost at 33%. And if I'm going to pick you to be a national championship team, you got to be at least a 33% because that is like the bare minimum. Um, as Like you can go all the way back to like 1985 and if the three-point line existed then, which I'm pretty sure it did. And there's never been a national championship team that shot less than, shot worse than 33%. So, Which is a low um, bar. It's a very low bar. And if they can pass that, they'd probably be my favorite. But they haven't yet, so... Um, that's what I don't like. Virginia, I just don't think they're very good. What are they like? Yeah. Are they top 20 in Ken Palm still? Um, they might be. I, I, I think they are. Or did they drop out? I feel like this team is more like. <laughs> they're the, 14th. Uh, this, this Virginia team is more like the first Tony Bennett overachieving Virginia teams to me. Yeah. Rather than rather than the one that won the national championship. Yep. UConn, they're, uh, I, people could overreact to UConn losing two in a row. Um, I don't think that's that big of a concern necessarily. I mean, it'll even out probably. Um, but Hurley hasn't won a single game in the tournament at UConn. And it's really incredibly, ridiculously rare to win a national championship just like without ever winning there, unless you are the head coach of UConn, obviously, and um, which has happened in the past. So maybe that's just a moot point for them um, because uh, Kevin Ollie did it. He just came in and won the national championship and then sucked after that. So could happen. Alabama. Right. Alabama is the same so they've been Nate Oates has been to a sweet 16, but has never been to elite eight. And that is like the only two coaches to win a national championship without having gone to an elite eight that didn't like take over in the middle of the season or something where Toby Smith and, uh, and Kevin Ollie and both of those guys took over for Hall of Fame coaches, which Alabama did not have before Nate Oates <laughs> got here. So no, no, that um, would be, it could happen be- though. Alabama is one, a very good team. So, they would be one of my, I think those guys might be the team picks. They might be, I'll, I'll say they're one of my two. The other one would be Houston. Houston's just really stinking good. Yeah. Um. They have the, I won't call it the mid-major curse. People get offended when you call Houston <laughs> or Gonzaga a mid-major team. I'll say a non-power six. The non-power six curse. Um. But... They are joining a Power Six conference soon, so maybe that like negates the curse. I don't know, but they're really good. <laughs> they are. Tennessee's. I just hate Tennessee. Yeah, so, they low down. Um, they low down. They dirty. They some snitches, and also they have the easiest conference schedule possible. Their toughest games are at UK and at Auburn. Yeah, that just that and, just reeks of a team that's going to get bounced early. Yeah, and they always have the, they have the same problem every single year where they have an incredible defense, but they don't have their offense just doesn't quite 
get there, which maybe this year is different. Maybe they will, but they also have Rick Barnes as their coach. So, you know, not picking them. Texas would have been my favorite if they could hit threes regularly and their coach hadn't been arrested and fired. Uh, That's kind of a big deal. So not them. Kansas repeat champions. I just, as a rule, I will not pick them, even though they probably are, other than Houston, they're probably the best team um, yeah. resume-wise so, right now. Yeah. Would you agree? I would. So if I can jump in here, I I yes. think I think that Kansas it would be my pick, and I know that they're a repeat, but I think bringing back Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris, um, who also played a lot of minutes for them, um, Yusefu, um, which is sort of a, a bench kind of guy. Yeah, uh, I like that guy. Yeah. Um, I think that might be enough. Now, again, it's not like you're returning Al Horford and Joachim Noah, um, but it's, mm-hmm. it is enough of a core that I feel like that may be enough. Um, you know, th- they, they're relying more on, on guys like Grady Dick and Kevin McCuller, mm-hmm. um, who are, are coming into this new, but that they've just been really, really good, and and nothing in the way that they've played thus far really shows off as anything. The only thing missing, which has sort of been the hallmark since probably Embiid was there, is they've always had this ginormous big dude, mm-hmm. um, and usually they stick around for a really long time. Um, but this year they don't really have that. I mean, basically Jalen yeah. Wilson is playing center as a six, eight junior. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of different might, watching them. Yeah. And that actually might be more appropriate for, you know, uh, basketball nowadays. I will say that just because they are won the tournament last year, it's not like there's no historical precedent before, before 2001, repeats got back to the lead eight final four all the time. It happened constantly in the nineties, but you had more, you know, you had more cohesion and more turnover, less turnover every year. So it was more common. Um, So it's not like it can't happen or it's not like it's never happened. Like, you know, the three point shooting thing. Um, But I'm just, that's just my only, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Understandable. Um, other teams that are kind of in the mix, um, according to this, or would be, you know, teams like, uh, let's say, in Arizona, they, mm-hmm. their defense is so terrible. I right. don't think that they're going to have have a good chance. Um, you know, Virginia's kind of middling. They aren't great, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the teams at the bottom who would, you know, maybe have a chance to rise up have just gone backwards in Baylor and Duke. Uh, so I don't think either one of them, you know, Texas is dealing with a scandal, um, and, and mm-hmm. without their head coach, uh, we'll so, talk about that in a little while. Yes. So I think, I, I think that it's, it's been, um, just an interesting path. I mean, out of the favorites, my, my I would probably say Purdue just because I've seen that they can get hot, not that they mm-hmm. are consistent enough. But again, like North Carolina last year, if you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle and 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 yeah. get, you know, knock down the shots when you need to knock them down, uh, that would be enough. And, you know, again, they're relying on a freshman backcourt um, with a very talented senior big guy and um, Zach Eady. So really, if you can get enough shooting at the right time, that could be enough. They're probably yeah. my favorite. Houston has been good and will continue to be good. I just am concerned, as uh, I know um, you are, in in their schedule. Are yeah. they going to be tested enough when it comes to tournament time? Um, because basically, like I told, uh, I think we talked about this with, with West Virginia's schedule, anybody in the Big 12, they will have a four-game stretch that is tougher than any 16 seed trying to get to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. So exactly. um, that's just that's just how their conference tournament. So they're used to that level of play all the time. So um, I think that will be interesting to kind of check out and see how it develops. But um, any final thoughts on this, on, on sort of where we stand with 
contenders versus pretenders? Yeah, I'll say uh, about Purdue shooting. They have been shooting a ridiculous amount of threes the past two games against Ohio State. They Ohio State they shot thirty one threes. They shot more threes and they shot twos. Wow! And they hit forty one percent of them. They went thirteen to thirty one, which doesn't sound great until you see the percentage. It's almost forty two percent. And then against Penn State, um, they again I think they hit forty four percent. Not quite as many threes. But uh, eight of eighteen, forty-four percent, and so if they if they stay on that trajectory, that's a lot of threes. You know, even those two games by themselves is a decent sample size. If they continue on that trajectory, I mean, they don't need to be shooting thirty-three percent or higher right now. They need to be shooting it by you know March. So, um, right, yeah, I still do like Purdue. I like Purdue a lot. I like them as a team that probably their best hope since uh, 2015 Wisconsin of breaking the Big Ten curse, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And probably the best Purdue team since Robbie Hummel, maybe. In terms yeah, they always of, got injured. Those yeah. guys never did really have it together by tournament time either. They never really got a run. Right. I mean, in they season and early Katie. season, it was always them. Yeah. 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 So really uh, they were, um, but they were the number one team in week six. So I think that we still kind of feel strongly that they are a strong contender. The team that just missed the top 12 in week yeah. six <laughs> were the Kentucky Wildcats. And mm-hmm. like the two teams above them, they are in free fall with the added cloud of, of news today that, uh, sources say that uh, Texas has been in contact with Calipari about their open coaching position um, upon the firing of uh, Chris Beard. So, Luke, the floor is yours. Mm-hmm. What is the state of Kentucky basketball, of John Calipari coaching, and everything in between? Okay, just before I start talking, you are a neutral third party, and I just, so everyone knows, Bryson and I, I have been watching college basketball together since before Cal was at UK. And I need you to just vouch for me a little bit that I'm a reasonable UK fan. Can Very reasonable. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe obsessive. Um, maybe we tracked some planes <laughs> before it was cool. Um, we, we did track some flights. We were trying to figure out what was coming out of Memphis um, because we knew Billy G was okay. done. So not reasonable in like an amount of time I spent thinking about this, but reasonable in <laughs> like expectations for you guys. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cal is, this is like, um, I don't want to say divorce. Divorce is ugly. I, it's like if people were roommates, you know, and they were like best friends and they were best friends through high school and then they went to college and they became roommates and like, you know, the end of sophomore year, they're not speaking to each other anymore. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of the relationship between UK and Cal. And apparently, according to people like Matt Jones, like Cal literally does not talk to anybody at UK. He doesn't talk to the pre- to athletic director, doesn't talk to the media, doesn't talk to anybody. Um, also, his team stinks. They stink. <laughs> they got destroyed by uh, by Alabama, there's nothing more than total and utter destruction. Like it, it was probably the worst UK performance I've seen since Cal has been here, and they didn't even lose that much. I just, I just based on how Alabama just basically toyed with them, like they got anything they wanted. They knew exactly what they were going to do. They did it. There was one adjustment. Cal took Oscar out. And it, it benefited UK, and then he put him back in, and he never took him out again. And uh, wow. we lost by – it was a generous 26 point. I thought we were going to lose by 40. I thought UK was going <laughs> to lose by 40. They It was really bad. And the uh, opposing coaches have gotten to the point now where they're just kind of like, yeah, we knew what we were going to do, and we did it, and it was actually pretty easy to beat UK. Um, So that's not great. And <laughs> – Two years ago, UK had their worst season in 100 years. Also not great. So um, 
I think that this is the end. I think it's the end. And I don't think I don't think UK is going to fire him uh, because it would be the most expensive firing in like non-professional sports ever, probably. Yeah, but because it, it's I hard to fire I'm a dude on a lifetime contract. Forty-seven or something million dollar buyout. But That's insane. It's a lot Cal's of bourbon. Been the, <laughs> Cal's been the coach for a long time. I feel like I've picked up on his. You, know, you can kind of get to know what kind of person. He, a person is when you watch him that long. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who doesn't want to be loved and doesn't want to be um, by the by the people who should love him. I think he has that chip on his shoulder where he wants to prove people wrong. But um, it's just, I don't even think he wants to be here anymore. I, I really don't even think he wants to be at UK anymore. And if you look, so the so Bryson and I, I, I texted this to Bryson before any before they even fired Chris Beard. Like, uh, we were going back and forth. I said, I said something like, if a high profile job comes open, do you think Cal would jump? And then Bryson was like, Texas, Texas has the money, all this stuff. And then like the next day beard was fired and we were like, here it goes. It's all going to (laughs) happen. And this is what I said would happen. And I'm pretty confident that if it, if it goes to Texas, this is what will happen. He'll go and he'll take his recruiting class with him. Um, except maybe Reed Shepard. He has an amazing recruiting class at UK. They're like four top 10 guys. They'll all go with them. They don't care about playing at UK. They care about going pro. They care about getting to the league, which is what Cal is good at. They go to Texas with him. Texas also had their own really good recruiting class. So Cal, if Cal could take the UK guys and keep the Texas guys, that would be like... That probably the best recruiting class he's had since John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, which he also took with him from Memphis to UK. <laughs> so, you know, he could totally do that. If he doesn't want to be here anymore, he doesn't have to be. He can just leave. He can go to a place that is going to be pretty excited to have an amazing basketball team next year. And a fan base that won't be mad if you just make the Elite Eight. Um, so... I just I think it's I think the end has come. I think that it's over. I think that we got rid of we hated Tubby Smith for a lot less. <laughs> that dude that dude never even missed the tournament. This might Kentucky might miss the tournament this year, and that would be three for Cal. So yeah. I, I can tell you this reminds me a lot of when Tubby left. Uh well, let me remind you, um, in case you didn't know. Tubby, well, I'm sure that you do. Tubby, um, he ended his tenure with a round two exit, an elite eight exit, a round two, yeah. and then finally a round two exit. He never missed the tournament. That first round two exit you mentioned, he was the overall one seed. Yes. He really he- only had two frustrating, I mean, people were frustrated by, of him like after he won the national championship, like the next year. People mm-hmm. were frustrated with him. But really, that 06 season, that 07 season, tell me if this rings a bell. We just, we never beat any good teams. We didn't even compete. That was the that was the thing with Tubby. Everybody would say, oh, 10 lost Tubby. He can get you to 20 wins. He can get you to the tournament, but he can't actually beat any, win any games when it matters. Uh, and that's wrong. basically wrong. this season. That's They yeah. weren't. But that's basically this season, right? Like... UK has not just been beaten by the good teams they've played. They've been embarrassed by the good teams they've played. And yeah, yeah. it's just, I don't see, there's rumors out there that like there's Cal and, and the players are at odds. Um, it just seems like a good time to hang it up for Cal. So, yeah. So, so let me, let me pitch this to you. Um, in Billy Gillespie's second year, his last year, at, at Kentucky, um, they'd missed the tournament, um, mm-hmm. but they went 22 and 14. Yep. Will Kentucky finish better or work with a better or worse record than that this season? Let me look at their schedule. So That's I think what's going to happen with Kentucky, they have a really tough January. So they just got the crap 
beat out of them by Alabama. They still have to go to Tennessee. Um, and they still have to play Kansas. Uh, that's two more losses, probably more than likely. Yeah, uh, they, they'd they still have to lose Vandy. fourteen more games, right? Or, or seven more games seven to get to fourteen that's, losses. That's not out of the realm of possibility. So let's just look here: Tennessee at Tennessee, uh, almost a guaranteed loss at this point. They could lose at Vandy. Would you be surprised if they lost at Vandy? No, I mean, no. I mean, Ken Palm has it as a four point game. So point I game. mean, that's it's one possession. Uh, Kansas is going to beat us probably. That's an L. Um, I, any of these road games are a toss up at Mississippi. They're terrible. Still, it's still <laughs> supposed to be a two point game. Um, probably beat Florida at home, and everybody but, will be. But like, lose oh, at yeah. Florida later, and you're probably yeah. going to lose at. You're going to lose against home against Tennessee. You're going to lose against Mississippi State on the road, probably. You're going to definitely well, lose against Arkansas. Best case scenario. Best case probably scenario, lose to say that we. Best case scenario, say that we somehow miraculously beat Tennessee at home, and the only home game we lose all season is Kansas. We're probably still like we might lose at Georgia. Auburn lost to Georgia. Um, we got at Florida. We got at Arkansas. Uh, even home against Auburn, that's not a gimme. If the team plays like even like they did against LSU, they probably lose three or four home games. I think the nineteen and twelve record that Kempon projects is probably pretty accurate, and it might and be you, worse. Right, and all really, all you need is one more loss somewhere along the road of unluckiness. Um. Maybe it's Georgia away. Maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, against uh, Auburn at home. Um, but whatever whatever that ends up being, if you lose 13 and you don't win your SEC championship, you're going to have 14 losses. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, Billy Gillespie, that team had a couple uh, NIT wins too. Yeah. Like they lost SEC tournament and then they lost uh, NIT. So he really only he finished the season with 12 losses. Yep, he finished nine and twelve. Um, the problem the with Billy Gillespie is he was a raving lunatic, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alcoholic, I think, as well. Yeah, um, he had um, he had a lot of personal issues. Yeah, and it showed up on the court. But, uh, it did. Yeah, um, this could. And be they worse. fell apart down the stretch. I mean, they absolutely fell apart down the stretch. They lost at home to a hundred ninety eighth Ken Palm ranked Georgia. This is back in in Billy Gillespie's day. I mean, I think yeah. that was maybe the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it was so miserable watching that team <laughs> because like they didn't even get blown out on uh, that frequently. Like there were so there were so many games that they just lost right at the end, and it was mm-hmm. just like everybody was miserable. Um, yeah. You could tell the players are miserable, the fans yeah. are miserable, um, <laughs> and we're con- and bad. we're there again. Yeah, and we're there again. So. Um, I'm not going to ask you to uh, hypothesize yet about a replacement, but just in in reflection of Calipari's time, not saying it's over either, but mm-hmm. in looking at his time here at, at Kentucky, um, it's a really long run. It's been 14 years. Um, I mean, Patino is here for less, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, well, Here's the thing that UK fans have to realize, I think, um, if and when, whenever Cal leaves. The stretch from 2010 to 2015, or you could even say 2017, that's not going to be repeated. It doesn't matter who UK loses hires. Um, Unless they hire 1991 Rick Pitino, or like 1989 Mike Shashevsky. If they get a time machine, they can bring those guys back. Cal's success between 2010 and 2015 was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And he even had an NIT year in there. It was like unprecedented. So still only one national title. But like, it, it's it's that's not going to be the norm. Even with a really good coach, even with a great coach, like Jay Wright, take Jay Wright, for instance. Jay Wright won two national championships. And in between those, he lost in the second round. You know, um, Roy Williams, 
he won three national titles at UNC. He had some seasons there where he didn't make the tournament. So thinking that there's going to be somebody just come in and like match Cal's early success or match mid nineties Patino, that's not going to happen. That doesn't mean though that we can't hire like UK can't hire a really good coach that can make watching college uh, UK basketball fun for the fan base again. But we should probably make sure that guy doesn't stay longer than 10 years. I think 10 years, I think that's expiration date on a UK coach, personally. Yeah. Um, it, I think he's actually going to miss it by a little bit, but he he has more wins than Joe B. Hall. Um, you know, they celebrated that um, earlier this year. Um, he's not going to coach quite as many games as Joe. Um, but he will have coached the third most games in Kentucky basketball history. His mm-hmm. winning percentage as it currently stands, according to Wikipedia, um, would be third behind Rupp, who had an 82.3% percentage uh, winning percentage, uh, and Patino had an 81.4. And currently he's at 81.1, and it's probably going to go down throughout yeah. the rest of the season. So, um, you know, he won... Um, some national championships. I, I, you know, I think that he had a great run and he was given a long rope because as demanding as, as this, you know, as this uh, basketball hungry uh, part of the country is, um, they have exercised a lot of patience. Um, you know, because a lot of people go back to the pandemic year um, when the tournament was canceled. And and there's some discussion about, you know, it wasn't that, you know, they, they could have been, you know, maybe a four seed or, you know, maybe even a three seed, mm-hmm. depending on how things turned out in the SEC tournament, um, you know, which would put you in line to get to the Sweet 16, maybe in the Elite Eight. And so maybe that drought isn't as long. Um, you want to know something about that 2020 team that people tend to forget? Um, so I don't know if you remember that Kentucky team lost at home to Evansville (laughs) that, that Kentucky team went on a three game losing streak in December and that Kentucky team lost their point guard because he had to spat with Cal like the last game of the regular season. Well, second to last game of the regular season that, that team ended the year barely making a comeback and beating Florida at the buzzer. And they were 29th in Ken Palm with the 52nd best uh, defense. Um, They, they they would have qualified as one of my uh, Fiddler. uh, Yeah. Fiddler crab teams that year. (laughs) So, they there was a strong chance they were going to get beat in the first round by a 13 seed. There was just as strong of a chance that they were going to be get beat in the first or second round than there was that they were going to make the final four. Yeah. So imagine if that had also happened. At least we can. At least the fan base can kind of like hypothesize that 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 we we lost our national championship that year, just like every other team in the country hypothesizes that that was going to be their year too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, but let it, me flip. Yeah. Let me flip this season um, and and just kind of wrap it up with this. What would he have to do in order to win back the fans and you know stay comfortably in his uh, Richmond Road compound? Okay, I'm going to answer this question for the UK fan base and not for me. <laughs> it would be a different, <laughs> and that's what we need to know. Me. Okay, to win back this fan base. He will have to one start like talking differently to fans, for one thing. Um, two, win the national championship this year. Three, make the final four at least next year. Okay, and I'm not even exaggerating. He could <laughs> literally win the national championship this year. And the fans will still turn on him the first time he loses back-to-back games next year. It would happen. I guarantee you, it would happen. Because they don't. We we might forgive if you win the national title, but we won't forget. And uh, it, yeah, it would. It, that's pretty much what it would take. 
He's lost mm. the fan base. It's over. This is the way. This is the way it was with Debbie Smith. All at right. the end, it's just like people are don't. That we're fans are willing to give up the recruiting class that Cal has coming just to get rid of him, just to see him leave. They're like, we're like, it's okay. DJ Wagner, you know, uh, all these guys, just take them. We don't care. Just get out of here. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, I can attest to uh, the, the fervor of the, of the fans here. They are, they are very much done with the Calipari run. And, and that's just, I, it's, it's hard bad. for me. It's hard for me to believe because uh, as a team that, or you know, as a fan of a team that has struggled to be nationally relevant uh, since like 2017, um, you know, it, it, it's 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 hard to kind of see this and 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 watch it play out the way that it is, um, you know, because I'll tell you right now, West Virginia is not firing Bob Huggins even if they lose every game again this year. Um, he, he's going to get another chance to fix it um, because mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, background to that, but he has a very similar contract to Cal and that he has promised a position for life in the athletic department. Um, mm-hmm. And so that just, again, it makes it hard. I never thought that Calipari um, would end his career at Kentucky. I, I never thought that that was actually going to happen. He wasn't going to retire here. Um, but I also didn't see it going down this way either. Um, but maybe this was the way that it would have to go down. So interesting. I, I'm fascinated to see sort of what happens mo- moving forward. Um, in terms of fixing this year's team, uh, Oscar needs to either play better or not play. Um, and it, it kind of is that simple. Um, this is the Oscar that I saw his second year at West Virginia. Um, unhappy Oscar, you mean unhappy unhappy Oscar Oscar, where he doesn't hustle. And if he's not hustling, then he's worthless. Um, it just, it doesn't, he doesn't have enough in his offensive game. Um, he's not big enough defensively, uh, to really do anything. And if he's not going to fight for the boards and if he's not going to run the floor, I mean, the big guys for Alabama just made it look like he had never been, never seen, uh, running shoes in his life. I mean, they just ran him to death and that is what he's known for. And you're like, so what's happening? Um, But he's clearly not happy. Um, You've put the ball in the hands of Severe Wheeler, who just by his stature, there's a ceiling. He's just limited. He's just very limited. It's not even his fault. He just he's just limited. And and that's just not going to work out. Livingston hasn't been as good as they had hoped. Case and Wallace. He's gotten better, but hasn't been as good as they've hoped. Um, Reeves is he, probably their best player. Wallace seemed a little checked out. Yeah, in that last game. Yeah, um, that's what happens if you Yeah, go ahead. This is the type of team that if this were an NBA team, this would be. You know, we're going to fire a coach in a couple of weeks and hire somebody else and see if they can. Because this would be one of those teams where it's like, oh, they, the coaches, it's they've lost the team. Yeah. Right. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, f- for sure. That's not going to happen, I, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that seems like where it's at. So, um, oh, by the way, did you see Cal's response to the Texas rumors? I have I have not. I, I saw that he responded. I had not seen what the response was. He said, I, I love it here, is what he said. He said something like, he hasn't talked to them and he loves it here. Now tell me. Yeah, I know you've heard a lot of coaches. You you have NFL, you have an NFL team, you have a favorite NBA team, you you know you keep up with lots of different sports. On a scale of one to ten, how strong of a denial is that? Of a coach, you know, co- relative to coaches, one being a very weak denial, ten being like absolutely, there's no way he's leaving. Yeah, I don't know. I probably. Uh... Not very high. <laughs> That's, and then the Texas AD actually came out and said it was news to him, <laughs> and and he gave the uh, what was the quote here? He said, uh, "Focusing on supporting Rodney Terry and our athletes." That seems pretty standard for stop asking. I'm not going to deny this, but stop asking me about it. Basically, right. From that sort of seems ends. like where's that? Uh huh. I mean, I've heard Cal dispel job rumors before, 
he was much more unequivocal in the past. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's done. But we're going to wait and see. We're going. We got to see how this plays out. Um, I mean, there's a chance he could turn around. I mean, all seems very much lost at this point. But we we've got to wait and see. Um, yeah. But but what we don't have to wait and see for is the next eliminated team on our championship roster of, of talented teams from each, each uh, conference along with some wild cards. And um, I know, I know that those of you who listen to this podcast think that we only care about two teams and that may be true, but (laughs) those are the two teams that are of the conversation now in our eliminator picks. Um, That's correct. So far I have eliminated Virginia tech, Iowa and West Virginia. And today I shall discard Kentucky for all the both reasons West, above. So I'm going to keep it short. That's it. Yeah, I'm just both of us ready. picked them to win the national title in the preseason. Yeah, we were done. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have eliminated uh, Illinois, Marquette, and UNC, and I kind of regret it, honestly. Um, <laughs> I regret getting rid of Marquette. Um, at this point, I would have been happier getting rid of UK, but who, you can't predict the future, I guess. Um, I'm going to get rid of Bryson's team, not as an act of retribution um, <laughs> for him to, to uh, get rid of my team, just because I don't think they're going to win the national title. They're, no, um, they're broken. You they're broken elimin- again. You eliminated them last week, so. Yes. Um, yeah. So let me let me run down who we've got left. So Bryson, these are the teams he has left. Uh, Virginia, Purdue, Kansas, UConn, Marquette, UCLA, Arizona, Tennessee, yeah. Arkansas, <laughs> Gonzaga, Houston, and Duke. Oh, you got another easy elimination next week then, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep them coming. And you, Luke, you did you this had... a lot better than me. Uh, <laughs> I had to have some, got... some easy pickings. You've got Virginia... Purdue, Texas, Baylor, UConn, UCLA, Arizona, Kentucky still, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Houston, and Alabama. So um, you you have an easy pick next week if you want it. Um, it's going to be sitting there for you. Um, some uh, team close couple. to home. Yeah. yeah, UK is probably the next pick for me. Um, Baylor could be that. But I'm actually more afraid of Baylor turning it around than I am UK. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it, anything is possible. So, but that's where our eliminator picks stand, um, which is just, I don't know. It's always fun to check in on that sort of stuff, but, uh, yeah. any, any final thoughts here? I know we've, we've gone a little long today, but I, it, it was important for people to hear the we message some, that's <laughs> to exactly recount right. the Calipari era. Yeah. By the way, it would have been much different. Had he left in 2019, he would have been remembered very fondly. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, any good uh, Tennessee, Kentucky this weekend at Tennessee? I may not even watch the game. I I, I gotta say, yeah, Tennessee, that's gonna be tough. congratulations! You're having a very good you're having a very good season. I'll believe you make the Elite Eight when I see it. Um, I will not be picking you to win to go that far. So, um, and that's not just because I hate you. It's because I don't think you will go that far. So, what what game are you? What, what's a big game you're thinking of this week? Um, Wisconsin at Indiana, I think, will be interesting um, just to kind of see sort of where everyone stands. Kansas State at TCU um, again on mm. Saturday. It, I think that'll be a good one. Um, mm. And the other game that kind of I don't know might be flying under the radar a little bit. Um, but I think could have some impact on on who makes it is um, you've got where where uh, I was losing it. Um, it's the Notre Dame is playing at Syracuse, and I know that you had a pick mm. in on Syracuse, mm-hmm. but the eight the ten thousand dollar yeah uh, ten thousand uh, ten ten thousand plus ten thousand I think or minus ten thousand it was the ACC needs to develop some contenders um and they've got to figure yeah. out who's going to be good and who's not and if they're all going to be terrible then I mean it's going to be slim pickings for 
uh, who's coming out of the ACC. Um, I told you earlier before we started recording that I felt like this might be like a 2014 year. Yeah. Where you just get some random team. If it's a Tennessee Pitt national championship, what do you think we should do other than watch that game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll find something else to do, and I'm you know we won't have a post championship recap at all. Uh, we we'll, 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 might just cancel the pot, uh, but <laughs> that you know right now I'm looking at they are the sixth best conference. I mean they are barely better than the Mountain West and it's really the Ken Palm. Um, I mean, Clemson, Miami, Pitt, and Virginia are the top teams. At North they're Carolina. like the inverse Big 12. It's like anybody can lose on any given day just because they're so yeah. bad. I mean, Notre Dame is 0-5 so far. Um, so that's what I was saying. Syracuse kind of needs to win this game um, in order to prove that they aren't that bad. Um, and that's really what it's going to – I mean, they need the middle to be better. Um, so your Wake Forest, your Florida States, even your Duke and North Carolina, while they're not elite, you need a strong middle if you want to prop mm-hmm. up anybody in this league. Uh, and I just, you know, how long is the Clemson magic going to go? I, I just, you know, there are a lot of questions to be asked about the ACC. Okay. So how, that would be how about pick. this for how about this for a Wednesday? Alabama at Arkansas. Good one. UConn, UConn at Marquette. And Pitt at Duke. If Pitt beats Duke, so that would be North Carolina, Virginia, and Duke, right? Yeah, yeah. All of them. The trifecta. Wow. So, I mean, it could be, I mean, there. again, there's a lot of good basketball to play. Um, and so we will be following it closely. Uh, but again, Luke, thank you for your wonderful insight on Kentucky. Of course. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, we will, we will. I'm sure there will be another uh, episode to the saga uh, coming soon. But uh, remember, you can never study the game enough. Uh-huh.